We turn in the scriptures together to Psalm 121, page 622 in the Church Bible. Psalm 121, page 622. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Well, we stand this morning at the end of one year uh, and at the dawn of another year. And sometimes at this time of year, and indeed at other points, we talk about life being a journey. And it is a journey. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. Uh, and in times uh, past, we used to talk about when people died, they passed from this life. Their journey on earth was ended. And this psalm, Psalm 121, the psalmist is about to make a journey. He is probably... Uh, going up to Jerusalem for one of the religious festivals. Jewish men were required to go there three times a year, and often whole families went with them. And we know, of course, how our Saviour, in his human earthly life, went with Mary and Joseph often up to Jerusalem, and certainly uh, he went from the age of 12 as someone who himself was becoming a full-grown Jew. And this journey that they made three times a year, they could also make at other times of the year. Perhaps they had been going through some crisis or there had been some um, difficulty in their lives or in their community and they would have gone up to Jerusalem to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving uh, against the backdrop of often a vow that was made to God on such occasions. This psalm, of course, finds itself in the book of Psalms in those that are numbered 120 to 134. And they are known as a group of psalms which have the theme 
of going up. And it is thought that they were almost certainly used at the time of going up for the great festivals in the Jewish calendar of Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles as well as those individual occasions that I've just mentioned. This psalm falls into four parts. And each part is made up of four lines. Verses 1 and 2, the focus uh, and the statements arise from the psalmist himself. And so you'll find... Um, Again and again, the words I and me and my. But then in verse 3, with the next set of four lines, we come to the second area, the second section. And from this point on, through into verses 5 and 6, the third section, and 7 and 8, the fourth section, The focus now and the statements now are about he, about him, about the Lord. And then they're addressed to the person who's spoken in the first two verses as you and your. And so in many senses, verses 1 and 2 set the scene. Here the psalmist is about to make a journey almost certainly going up to Jerusalem. And as he contemplates that journey, he knows that it will be a challenging journey. He knows that there will be dangers along the way. There will be demands in terms of the terrain that he will pass through, as well as difficulties of walking by day in the heat and then uh, taking shelter by night in the open air. The going is not going to be easy for him. The path will not always be smooth or clear or straightforward. And it is no different for you and me as we live in this world today and as we make our journey not to an earthly Jerusalem but to the heavenly Jerusalem the city whose builder and founder is God. And there are many challenges, many difficulties, some of which we can see afar off and others which come upon us unexpectedly uh, and uh, in a moment. And so this psalm is a psalm which is of great help to us. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, the hills being where Jerusalem is built. I will embark upon my journey. And you and I embark in God's purpose on a journey into a new year, even as we have traveled on a journey through the past year. The psalmist in his case asks, and we ask in our case, From whence comes my help? Where will my help come from? And this man is secure. It is God and in his faith 
and in his knowledge of his God and his walk with his God to the point that he is able to say immediately and unambiguously, my help comes from the Lord. And we need to note that word Lord. It's the name that God has taken to himself in the light of the covenant that he makes with us. The name that he revealed to Moses when he spoke to Moses from the bush that was on fire. The name that is fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. For he is the one in whom and by whom God reveals himself in salvation. And so this man, this author of this psalm says, My help comes from God who has saved me and who is in covenant commitment to me. He knows that from the past and he believes that in the present and he holds on to that for the future. And we want to see this morning how he is further encouraged and confirmed to do that, possibly by an older believer, speaking in the following verses from verse 3, possibly the whole congregation, speaking and singing the psalm. Uh, the psalm is singing verses 1 and 2, and then the whole congregation answering in verses 3 to 8. And this morning, I trust, as you and I look back on the past year, 2017, we can say of the journey up to this point, my help has come from the Lord. Every day that I've gotten up out of my bed, I've known his help. Every challenge, every difficulty that I have faced, every danger that I've met, Every responsibility that has come upon my shoulders. Every unexpected event that has crossed my path. I can say today, I trust we can say today, my help comes from the Lord. From God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who we now know in a much fuller way than the Psalms could know. Because he's come in his flesh and he's returned to heaven. And we have the whole scriptures, Old and New Testament. But what can we say then about the journey that lies before the psalmist? And the journey that lies before you and me into this new year. We want to look at the rest of the psalm now under the title, Kept by God kept by the Lord and that is what uh, David reminded us of in our opening call to worship in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 praise be to God because he's the God who has kept us through faith for salvation that's what he's done in this past year, in your life and in my life, he has kept us through faith for salvation. 
and what we are yet to have and receive and to be is still ahead of us. An inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled laid up in heaven for us. Let's see then how we have not only been kept, but we will be kept by the Lord. First of all, in the difficult parts of the journey. In the difficult parts of the journey. Here's what uh, those um, hearing the psalmist uh, in verses 1 and 2 answer in verses 3 and 4. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. We need to note the word keep, the verb keep. It occurs five times in this psalm. In verse 3 and 4, which we've just read, and then in verse 7, it occurs twice, and in verse 8, it occurs once, and in verse 5, it's summed up in the noun and the statement, the Lord is your keeper. This psalm is about the keeping God. The God who keeps those whom he saves. Keeps them through uh, the difficult parts of the journey. Let's think about that first of all in relation to the psalmist and then relation to ourselves. The psalmist knows that there are going to be dangers in this journey that he's making. Perhaps he lives in the uh, north, maybe over a hundred miles away from Jerusalem, or to the west, uh, out towards the Mediterranean Sea, or perhaps in the east, he lives on the far side of the Jordan, and he's going to have to make a journey. And of course, uh, as um, was the case in those days and in years since, the traveller was always vulnerable. Vulnerable, and we'll come to this later, to the elements of the world around him, but also vulnerable to the terrain that he was passing through. And so the psalmist here is not going to be always in nice, smooth, uh, easy-to-go terrain, He's not always going to be able to see uh, clearly ahead. There are going to be corners. There are going to be hills that he's got to go up and got to go down. There's going to be soft ground and hard ground. And so he knows that there are times when his foot could slip. uh, Or when he could become weary and tired. And feel that the journey is too much. But the psalmist says, or the psalmist is reminded rather, he will not allow your foot. The Lord will not allow your foot to be moved, neither by day, nor will the Lord allow anything to happen you by night. Think of the psalmist 
sleeping outdoors by night? And when is it that the thief and the robber comes, as the New Testament says, except by night? They come to steal, they come to destroy, they come to take what does not belong to them. And so this too was a difficulty that the psalmist um, would encounter uh, as he went through his journey. And so he's assured, yes, you sleep, but the Lord does not sleep. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is the one who watches over the world, the one who upholds the world, for he is the one, as we have seen already in verse 2, who has made the heavens and the earth and the whole world. He's not like man. He's not limited by time and space and ability. He's the God who does not need to sleep because he's the God who does not grow tired. And the God who does not grow weary. And so the psalmist is reminded. As he sets out in this journey. Yes. As he anticipates it with some excitement on the one hand. Because it was an exciting thing to go to Jerusalem. To worship God. But then with a measure of apprehension on the other. It's not going to be an easy journey. He's assured that for the difficult parts of the journey, his help will come from his God who has saved him and who loves him and who cares for him and who protects him as the apple of his eye. And so the same is true for you and for me. We stand on the threshold of a new year. And when we're about to do something new, um, whether it's going into a new year at school, or going to somewhere we haven't been before, or even beginning a new year, there's a sense of anticipation, a sense of excitement or some excitement. But then often that is tempered by a degree of apprehension. What is it going to be like? What might happen? And perhaps things that have um, arisen to some degree in the past year and have caused us trouble or at an earlier point in our journey, they can begin to loom large in our minds. And we begin to think, what if that happens again? Or what if that situation or circumstance worsens in my life or in my situation? Where will my help come from then? The psalmist remind, this, this psalm reminds us that the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is my keeper in the difficult, challenging, demanding stretches of the journey that come in 2018 and indeed right through to the end of our journey until we pass into his presence in heaven. 
how comforting it is to know that the Lord is with us at all times. That he does not slumber or he does not sleep. There are times when you call your family and there's no answer to the phone. You need help. Or you phone a friend. Or if you phoned the man during the past 10 days, you'll got a message something like, I'm sorry, I'm not able to take your call now, but if you leave your name and number, we will get back to you as soon as possible. How wonderful it is that we speak to God in prayer and there never is a recorded message. I'm not available. I'm too busy. Or I'm away on holiday. And how much more wonderful that is to know when we are in difficult places and in difficult parts in the journey of life that God has purposed and ordained for us. But let's notice then, secondly, in this uh, psalm, how we're kept by God kept by the Lord in the daily experiences of the journey. They're not just going to be difficulties for the psalmist, but they're things that he's going to do as he makes this journey and in order to make this journey day by day. And they themselves hold a considerable challenge for him. And it is no different for us. It's not just those peaks where um, the pressure's on and we are in a crisis, but rather there are the day in, day out activities of the journey that don't change from one day to the next. The daily experiences of life. What about those? Well, the psalmist is told here that again the Lord will keep him in the midst of those. Um, and so um, he's told in verse 5, The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And we might think, how strange, and it is very strange to us in Northern Ireland where we get so much rain and so little sun. But transport yourself to the east and get on your walking gear and you are walking in the blazing sun by day. And there is not much shelter. Uh, and you need to keep going. Uh, and the intensity of the sun is unrelenting. And you feel weary. Uh, and you feel the energy and the sap of your body drying up. And indeed, we know, and perhaps some of you have experienced it, 
you've gone off to foreign climes in your holidays and you've lain out of the sun at the pool or somewhere on the beach and you hear of someone falling asleep and the next day they're suffering from sunstroke because of the intensity of the sun. It has made them sick. And that's the very experience that the psalmist is is reckoning with here and thinking about and he's being uh, assured about. The sun shall not strike you by day so that you come down sick so that you're not able to reach the end of your journey. But then what about this phrase, nor the moon by night? Well, uh, I am one of those who take this literally. That there is such a thing in parts of the world as moonstroke also. And bear in mind that here is a man who with his family or whoever he's traveling with, perhaps he's traveling his own, but he is going to be sleeping under the night sky. Uh, And um, there is evidence to show that the strength of the moon in parts of the world can impact people's well-being. And um, I was uh, preaching this psalm at a wedding on one occasion. And um, someone who was at the wedding had been the child of a missionary in Argentina and talked about how in the summer nights they would have slept outdoors. But he said that he remembers that his mother would have always distinctively and intentionally, distinctly and intentionally, uh, before she lay down for the night, made sure that their head was covered and sheltered from the moon. Because she had worked out that if her children were exposed to the moon, they were in a foul mood the next day. So there is some evidence, and I think we should take it that the psalmist is concerned about his travel by day because of the intensity of the sun. That's going to be his daily experience. And he's concerned about the events of the night when the moon shines and he can't stop the sun shining by day nor the moon shining by night. But here's the reality. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. You know the parasol that we put up? If you're lying by the poolside or you walk along the beach and holiday and you see others lying on their um, their uh, chairs or sofas or whatever they are, those deck um, sun seats, and they've got a parasol, well, the psalmist is reminded, you've got an even greater parasol. You don't need a human parasol, uh, or, nor a paramoon either, or paraloon maybe it should be, um, because the Lord stands between you and the sun. He's there at your right hand. And he blocks out. Not blocks the sun from you. But he keeps the sun from harming you. Or keeps you from being harmed 
by the sun by day and keeps you from being harmed by the moon by night. And what's that saying to us? Well, it's saying to us, the Lord keeps us in our daily experiences in life. What is it that you find most threatening? What is it that you find most challenging about your life from day to day? That you think, this could stop me in my tracks and mean that I can't continue the journey. That I can't keep going. And the psalmist says, whatever that daily or whatever that nightly experience is, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade. The Lord is there at your right hand. He is the one who is able to ensure that that circumstance in your life, that experience in your life, does not become a crippling experience so that you cannot complete the journey by faith and come into the place of glorious and free worship of God. Let's flesh it out a little bit. Perhaps your daily experience is that of bodily pain. Either through advancing years or through debilitating illness. And day after day you are in pain. And each day is a challenge and a struggle. Or perhaps your daily experience is a very mundane one. As a wife or a mother, washing dishes, ironing clothes, making meals, getting children out to school, supervising homework, settling the arguments, Longing for when you can sit down at the end of the day, but the day doesn't end, and there's no sitting down until you collapse into bed at night. The sun shall not strike you by day. Or perhaps your experience is that of someone whose job is demanding to the point that there never seems to be a moment to draw breath or to have what you would call an original thought. And when you waken in the morning, immediately your mind goes to the situations, the people, the circumstances that you're going to be dealing with that day. And then at the end of the day, when you should be lying down to rest, you find that your mind is continually racing and thinking about the next day, perhaps even analyzing the things that you've done that day. I could have done that differently. I could have done that better. And you know, we need to realize, those of us especially who are men who can't switch off, we need to realize that the Lord is our keeper. 
and he keeps us in our work. Even as he keeps our wives in their roles as, their, as mothers to children. And we need to be able to leave the daytime work with him. And we need to be able to, to rest in his nighttime refreshment and care that sleep brings. So that we know and believe that we are kept by God in the daily rhythm and routine and experience of life. For some of you, your daily experience is neither that of keeping home, nor of uh, fulfilling a demanding job. It's that of coping on your own. Perhaps you're widowed, or you're divorced, or you've never married. Uh, and you miss that presence of other people uh, in the home. Perhaps it's the empty chair that a husband or a wife sat in. Perhaps it's the anniversary of your wedding day. Or it's the birthday of um, a child or, an, or a parent or a dear friend. And you have that experience and it's getting beyond that. Not forgetting the person. Not wanting to change the circumstances of life. But to be able to say, that chair that's empty, that birthday that's no longer celebrated, that meal that's no longer required, shall not strike me by day nor by night. Kept then by the Lord, the difficult parts of the journey, and the daily experiences of the journey, and finally in the different phases of the journey. We come now to verses 7 and 8. The different phases. The Lord shall keep you from all evil. He shall keep your soul. The Lord shall keep your going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. These verses go beyond the difficult parts and the daily experiences in the journey of the Christian life from earth to heaven. And now the psalmist views the entire journey, the whole journey, right through to its end. And Derek Kidner, commenting on keeping your going out and your coming in, Derek Kidner uh, makes the comment, this is a favourite Hebrew way of expressing totality, of covering everything. Everything. It's a kind of etc. Everything else. Naming a pair of opposites. Going out, 
coming in. That means every stage in between. And not only the present stage of the journey, but every future phase is included. Because look at the words both now and forevermore. It's not just going out today and coming in tonight and everything in between. But it is going out tomorrow and the next day and every subsequent day and coming in every subsequent day until all our days on this earth are ended. Both now and forevermore. We are, believers are, eternally secure in him. Boys and girls and young people, as you trust in Christ, you are safe forever and ever and ever in him. You go out to school this week. Mommy and daddy can't go with you. And maybe you've got exams to do. Or you've got somebody in your class and they are the bane of your flesh. They're the thorn of your life. And every day you try to avoid them. But there's times you can't. And what are you to do? You're to trust and you're to believe and you're to pray. Lord, keep me today. Keep me from the harm that they would want to inflict upon me. Um, Now this does not mean necessarily that we will never, it does not mean at all, sorry, that we will never go through difficulties or troubles. These words are not telling us that the believer will only know health and wealth and happiness in life and that boys and girls you'll never have a tear. That's not what it's saying. Um, these verses rather are saying that as we come into trouble in the providence of God and sometimes those are great troubles the point is that the Lord keeps us not from them but through them and in them that's why the psalmist at another point talks about uh, walking through the valley through the valley. We're never to sit in the valley. We're never to stand in the valley. The Lord walks us through the valley. Plummer, an old commentator, put it like this. Though trouble come to the righteous, there is no curse in it. Though trouble come to the righteous, there is no curse in it. In other words, God has blessing us. And through troubles, when he brings us into troubled phases in the journey in the future, then we are to believe that he is shaping us and he's knocking the rough edges of us and he's perfecting us and making us more like his son. The Lord is over it and he brings blessing in it and through it. Remember Joseph. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, for the saving of much people. That's why we read from Romans chapter 8. Because Paul is writing to believers there. 
And they are going through all kinds of experiences in Rome. And he talks about death. And he talks about principalities and powers that are against them. And he talks about um, uh, poverty and uh, sickness and all kinds of experiences. And then he concludes, Neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's not a single thing in the world that God has made in the life that God calls you and me to live that can that will separate us from his love. That's what the psalmist is saying in an Old Testament context. And so here we have then a solid basis to give thanks for the past year and cause to do that and then a sure foundation for the year which lies ahead. The Lord God who saves sinners in Christ keeps his saved people in the difficult parts in the daily experiences in the different phases of the journey but this psalm as we close let's see how it is also a description of the life of Christ and let's think about his earthly life And how he was called to make a journey from heaven to earth, back to heaven, via the cross. Living in a human body, tempted by the world and tempted by the devil. Opposed by men. And how often that journey had difficult parts. Think of the days in the wilderness when he battled with Satan for 40 days. Think of the daily experience, the daily discipline of rising up early, praying to his father, hearing his father's word, and then the whole day being given to people in ministry. And think then about the different phases. Think about his life as a child and how he was kept from Herod. He wanted to kill him. And how he was kept as a boy and as a teenager and as a man by his father, kept from the sin of Adam. Think about how he was kept in the phase of being a carpenter alongside Joseph. Then kept in his public ministry when the scribes and the Pharisees were against him and said all kinds of things about him. And he set his face steadfastly, we're told, by look for Jerusalem, for the cross. And there, above all, we see the difficult part of his journey. We see that horrific experience of that day of Golgotha. As he lifted his eyes to the hill upon which he would die for our sins. 
And he cried out to his father. As he experienced hell for you and for me. And then he said, it is finished. And he drew his last breath. Knowing that his father would not leave his body in the grave to dwell. Knowing that from the Psalms that he had read and loved and that he had sung with the people of God. And so raised again the third day and kept uh, over the next 40 days and taken into heaven from where he will come again. This psalm is ultimately about him. And then it's about us in him and with him. And so my final question this morning is, are you in him? Are you with him today? Can you say this Jesus, whom we've reflected upon just now in this psalm, in his life and death for the forgiveness of sins and so that we could be righteous before God, that he is my saviour, my Lord, my keeper, by day and by night. And if you can't say that this morning, then we say to you that unless you do come to say that, unless you do turn from your sin and trust in him. It's not heaven that is the end of such a journey, but rather hell. No blessing, no pleasure, no peace, no joy. And so, if that's you this morning, we urge you, in the name of Christ and by the grace of Christ to turn from your sin. To turn to this God in Christ. To lift up your eyes to heaven and to say my help in the light of my sin comes from the Lord Jesus who did not sin and who died for my sin. Amen.